Well, I forgot. I actually was not clear in what happened in Georgia, but do you know what happened? Well, I mean, there were there was suspicion regarding the elections there. There have been like uh, for a couple of elections now, and uh, the there was even uh, you know the, the the servers were were insecure. They uh, there were requests for uh, there were, there was even a subpoena to um, to retain the, uh, the the server images so that they could be reviewed, and the Secretary of State, who's now the governor. Was, oh. Wait, wait, so he was certifying his own election? I believe he was certifying his own election at the time, yes. And, uh, but the, uh, the subpoena came down to preserve, you know, the computer contents, and he ordered them all erased. Like, how is that? That is on a scale, like, so far beyond anything that's even alleged in Bolivia. You are listening to Historically, a show where we decolonize history and debunk myths and misinformation taught to you in school and on corporate media. I'm your host, Isha. Last week, we had David Resnick speak to us about the fraud in the OAS certification of the Bolivian elections. This week, we've had American elections and by any reasonable measure we have had more irregularities and more fraud but curiously the oas has not invalidated the elections in the u.s and in part two david will continue to talk to us about the oas and their agenda and what their purpose was to invalidate the elections in Bolivia in 2019. So they were saying that the first 95% had um, this percentage of votes. Like they took a sample from the first and said they had candidate A, Moss had X votes and some opposition one had Y votes and Z had uh, opposition two had Z votes. And so they kind of looked at those um, kind of proportions and they said that the last 5% didn't match the first 95%. Essentially, yes. Okay. But of course, there are a thousand reasons why the last 95% last the last 5%, 5%. match. Yeah, won't match the first 95%, like the Detroit example. Yes, um, the question is whether that last 5% is predictably different than the first 95% or not. Exactly. And they claim that it was unpredicted or it was not in accordance to their expected value, right? Well, they don't really even say that. Really, these these analyses just say that they're different. Okay. So if they're different, it doesn't matter too much because there are a thousand of reasons why it could be different. Exactly. And in any cases, the preliminary count we're generally talking about here. And so who cares? Wait, wait. I thought this was the final report. Well, it's the final report. But there, there, the, the statistical analysis in the final report addressed two issues. One was whether the last 5%, which is, well ignoring details about exactly what they mean by the last 5%. It's a whole other issue. The question is, they they had two sections. One was whether the last 5% of the preliminary count looked different than the previous 95%. And then they added a section saying, this is doubly strange because we see the last 5% of the official count also having the same effect. Obviously, that would be the case if the problem was the rural districts coming in late. <laughs> Except for the fact that the there's no connection between the order in which the preliminary count occurred and 
the order in which the official count occurred. Oh, because they, okay, so it's not like they take the preliminary count and then they add it to the official, add the official count. No. Preliminary count is thrown away and the official count is started anew. Basically. That part was, okay, sorry about this. It's so what happened is that there are a number of reasons why in the preliminary count, Moss votes got, you know, tended to be counted later. In the official count, it's even more stark because the order is it, extremely geographically oriented the way it was counted. Precincts tend to be counted very much together rather than split as they were in the preliminary count. Um, results from results from the capital cities got counted very very early because they're close to the district office these are documents that had to be hand delivered so of course if your precinct is in the capital city you're going to be able to show up with those documents very early and so they'll be able to count them whereas if you're in a, coming from a from a mountainous region and you have to travel you know by roads that may or may not be in in decent shape it's going to take some time to get your results in physically for the official count. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, for example, uh, uh, Santa Cruz is a big department and the cities have all the rich white, white folks. And mm -hmm. so, yes, the city of Santa Cruz will probably be overwhelmingly the opposition, but then it'll kind of come down when you get all the huge rural areas. And that's just, so. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, they have a graph uh, with a 95% uptick. And then, okay, the, and then they say the mass trends show a striking upward trend in the final 5% that is quite different from any part of the trend. In addition, below the CC trend, it shows a striking downward trend that is again indistinct from its earlier trend. Correct. So the table up is talking about the preliminary count and the table below is talking about the regular count. Oh, no. So what the, this is just, so these, wait, the, the tables? No, no, the chart. There's a chart. On There's page two, two charts on page 92. Okay. What are they talking about? One is just showing the trend in the Moss share. So normally we're talking about the margins. We're interested in the difference between Moss and CC, the mm -hmm. Carlos Mesa's party. Okay. So it looks like the Moss share at 0% is like negative 20. And that makes sense. Like imagine if you got um, all the votes from. No, no, no. So the Moss share at, at zero you know, early, early on is, is only about 30%. Oh, 30% of, of the total votes. Yes. Yes, that makes actually sense. I mean, compared it, to Mesa, who is running at this point around fifty-five percent. But so, suppose we got, um, I don't know, like um, someplace in uh, Texas, like Houston, Texas. You'll see that Trump is leading by ninety percent in some precinct in Houston. But that does not mean that. Yeah, I don't even know if Houston is that that favorable to Trump. Okay, I, I don't know. Okay, we'll just make up a place in America that's super. Okay. <laughs> Where, okay, let's say that they're, okay, Gross Point um, is the richest district in Michigan. So the, the if only you get Gross Point, you're going to not, it's going to look kind of like this. And then it looks like the mass share, which is um, the amount, the percent of mass votes um, divided by the total votes seems to go up as more and more comes out. And around like maybe 80%, it equalizes and then for after 80 percent it just goes up right well right there there's there there's sort of three phases to the to the official count there's an early one which was overwhelmingly you know favorable to uh to the opposition then there was some then there was kind of a mushy middle where morales was doing slightly better as more and more they were kind of like they had already been counting up all the capital cities. There's only so many votes left to count in the capital cities, and these rural votes are starting to come in. And then about the last 20% of the vote, Morales just starts blowing Mesa out of the water because the, the capital cities have been completely counted. 
there's nothing but you know rural areas left to count essentially well maybe there might be el alto you know but the point is that all the areas that are remaining are hugely favorable to morales and he does very well in the last 20 percent of the official count okay um so this part is a little confusing a polling station level analysis using the timestamps why did they choose to use the timestamps from the counting computer or whatever? Okay, so they're interested in how the trend is evolving over time. They want to say like, well, you know, he did really well in these last 5% for some reason. You know, that, that's what they say. Well, what's the last 5%? Well, you'd think it would be the last 5% that was in the count. That would be, you know, like, so these these tally sheets eventually, you know, get verified and they, they're entered into the system and they say like, okay, so that's an actual result. And so as all this counting happens, the authorities are timestamping their activities. They're saying, this is the time that we received the, the tally sheet. This is the time that we, we opened up the envelopes. This is the time that we recorded the results. This is the time for this tally sheet that we, uh, that we approve the results. All these kinds of things are happening, and there's a large data set that's, that was uh, available to some parties and not others for a long time. I only got a hold of it very recently, but it has all these timestamps for every tally sheet that was counted. There were 34,555 tally sheets. Each one has a timestamp for how it progressed in, during the count. So we know the timeline in which all this stuff occurred. Okay. Um, so here is where it gets very shady. So based on this uh, data, you're trying to reproduce that chart they got, they, they got, right? Right. And I've been struggling with this ever since the report came out. I, I'm, I'm banging my head against the wall since December saying, like, no matter what I do, no matter who I talk to for advice, like what am I missing here? I cannot reproduce these results. And, okay. you know, and there were a couple of little details that we managed to kind of figure out, but there was still like, it just, we just couldn't make it work. No matter what we did, we were like, how are they getting these results? And they will not answer our questions and they will not share their data. So we're just guessing for the longest time what's going on. Okay. So then about like almost a year later, uh, the guy, I, I forget, Nuruddin, um, he's just a contractor for the OAS, right? Uh, I believe he's a professor at Georgetown. He had done previous election analysis for the OAS, yes. Okay, so, okay, now how did you figure out, okay. Okay, so, so after months of, of begging for this data, and, you know, and, and appeals on Twitter and formally and getting no response whatsoever. Um, some, surprisingly, his, his data appears on a Harvard repository. And uh, later that day, there was, uh, there was a res that, that, that he had put out, like, a yet another analysis based on this data. It was a response, essentially, to a New York Times article that came out a few months ago. The New York Times had access to this uh, more internal data that I, uh, uh, that I received more recently. And uh, they had given it to a number of academic researchers who tried to uh, reproduce results in the OAS report, and they had some success at figuring out what Nurodin had done. Uh, and there were other elements that uh, they could not reproduce. Okay, and then uh, they were okay. okay. So now you should tell them about the right. So maybe I should just continue. Yes, continue. Okay, so. In the end, the, the academics put out a, a paper saying there were various problems with what the OAS had done in their report. And the New York Times wrote an almost apology for, <laughs> for what was going on and, and questioning whether there was actual fraud in the election. And, and there was distress about the, uh, about the OAS report. And this 
caused a lot of angst. The, uh, the Secretary General of the OAS, Luis Almagro, put out a pretty unhinged uh, press release attacking the New York Times. Uh, it was, you know, he started talking about the, the history of Holocaust denial. What? Like, it was, it was... Can, can we read that? Because now I'm really curious. Oh, uh, let's see if I can, let's see if I can find it. <laughs> A press release on the disinformation campaign regarding the role of the OAS in the Bolivian elections. Uh, all right, so, uh, God, this is, there's so much. This is so amazing. This is, uh, once again, the intention of this press release is not to enter in a political discussion with the New York Times team, but is necessary to put this disinformation campaign in context. The New York Times has a well-documented controversial history with the truth. For example, in 1931, the New York Times correspondent in the Soviet Union, Walter Durante, failed to identify and report the starvation of millions of Ukrainians caused by Stalin's totalitarian nation. 1931. <laughs> For some unacceptable and incomprehensible reason, the New York Times also failed to report on its front pages the evidence of the genocide in the Holocaust and the Nazi concentration camps in the latter years of World War II. <laughs> the New York Times publishing criteria are not guided by truthfulness and objectivity, but by political convenience. None of this has been reviewed by the current New York Times. Today, it ten intends to deny the Bolivian people the possibility of electing a new president that is not Evo Morales in a new election. That Obviously, we recognize the New York Times' right to lie, distort, and twist information, data, and facts, and to mix truth and lies as often <laughs> as it wishes, etc., etc. Okay, so they, he had to actually go fishing afar. I mean, the New York Times sucks. Um, we're not defending them. They have their problems, but this is a little unhinged if he had to go to 1920 or 30 or something. <laughs> And yeah. invoking the Holocaust is uh, is kind of weird. So, okay. So, um, <laughs> no, it, it, this this alarmed a lot of like very mainstream people who would otherwise be, uh, you know, uh, they would otherwise be sympathetic. They were like, "Wait, what is going on over there?" Oh, Margot is kind of he's gone the full Trump. He's just recently won, you know, re-election as the. As, as the Secretary General, I mean, that was very much with Trump's support. But now he seems to be going full Trump. He's, he's crying fake news. He's talking <laughs> Holocaust. Like, like, yes. what is going on? Okay. So um, when, uh, okay. So then um, you review the results, right? Right. So for whatever reason, Nurodin not only decides to respond, but actually puts forth his data. And I tell you, I, I, I was, this is, I, I'm such a, a geek. I was, I was so excited I couldn't sleep when I, when I found out about this. Well, we're grateful to have people like you in this world. Um, so, okay, I mean, so I've been waiting for this for months, you know, I, literally months. This is my, my entire work life has been dedicated ever since the election to like, to sifting through all this and all the various claims and trying to, to understand what people are saying about this election and what, you know, what are the, the, the claims of fraud and are they supported or are they not? And it's been oh. incredibly frustrating to not have this data available. So when it became available, I, I had to look. Okay. What does it say? What's going on? Uh, okay, now, um, meanwhile, the uh, opposition was supposed to only be there as, a, what do you call it, interim president. And that, and they were supposed to hold elections, um, but in each and every poll since uh, then, Moss has been leading, and so they've been postponing the elections for various reasons. <laughs> right, this regime, like I said, like that, uh, you know, essentially, or they've put in uh, the equivalent of Patrick Leahy in place of Trump. They're, uh, they keep postponing the elections. Like, well, how are they still in power when they were supposed to announce elections within a, a couple of months? I, 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 there, there have been all kinds of excuses, and uh, I mean, coronavirus is the latest. You know, and obviously it's, it's, it becomes difficult to argue. We've had arguments in this country about uh, to what extent elections uh, 
are, are uh, uh, feasible. But Moss is leading in every poll that they commissioned, that the OAN, like, and so, I mean, the fact that the that Moss is back to leading uh, makes me think that, I mean, it seems like that's what the Bolivian people want, is Moss. Uh, that's uh, certainly, uh, it, it looks like a, a plurality of voters are interested in that. Uh, they're certainly not interested in the, the current administration. I think that may dominate it even more than the decision to delay elections, even more than whether or not that it would be Moss specifically. I don't have the impression that Anyas is in, interested in relinquishing power to somebody like Carlos Mesa. I, I think that uh, she's probably enjoying her time in power. While it lasts. Um, <laughs> but, um, okay, so, okay, so now let's get back to the data. Um, back to the dead. So it looks like um, his... Okay, this is so egregious that I can't believe it's by accident. So go on. So it's, you know, past midnight. I'm unable to sleep. I, I download the data and I start taking a look. And he's got a variable that, that indicates, you know, the progress of the election. Like what percentage of the... Uh, of the of the, the total votes have been counted up to, you know, up to a particular point. And so I sort the data, you know, in this thing so I can see, have a nice timeline. This is how he thinks that the, the order progressed. But he also has another variable that's the actual timestamp of when... Wait, what's the first variable? I'm sorry. So this first variable is just a progress indicator. It goes from basically 0% to 100%. How oh, much like, of the okay, election like is... How exactly. far the election has progressed, or okay, are the counting? Sorry, not the election. The the the, the official count. Saying is it like, by precinct? Is the percentage done by precinct or by votes? It's by votes, including blanks and nulls. It's okay. Essentially, got yeah, more or less. How many? You know, what percentage of voters that have shown up have you know have had their votes considered? or their ballots considered. I shouldn't say votes because a lot of blanks and nulls. Um, anyway, so, you know, you can see like, oh, the progress reaches 10%. So 10% of, of all these voters have been considered at 90%, at 90% of the voters have been considered. So I can sort and see the progression of how the election has unfolded. But there's another variable, which is the timestamp as to, you know, to when the tally sheet was actually recorded when it, when it was approved for inclusion in the data. And things are looking suddenly very strange in the order that, that uh, the OAS has put them in here. Like all of a sudden we're jumping around. We go from, from, 103 in the morning to 103 in the evening to 104 in the morning to 104 in the evening. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. That's not the way they should be ordered. They, they, they've ordered not chronologically, but they've ordered everything alphabetically. So, so like, by alphabetically, this means that AM um, becomes or PM, so you have, and then two comes after four. <laughs> well, but there's no, there, there are really only numbers. Oh, so it's alphanumerically, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So what you do have is that uh, noon is very late in the count. <laughs> noon and midnight; those hours come at the very end of each day as opposed to noon coming in the middle of the day. Right. And how did this cause, okay, so how did this weird sorting cause the, uh, oh, okay, obviously if you're like, this doesn't even make, okay. Uh, so what happens is once I realized that he, had, that he had sorted these things alphanumerically rather than chronologically, suddenly all his results are reproducible. Like, oh, I see how he got those results. He's got his timeline all screwed up. He's got all these tally sheets are all out of order. 
but I don't understand how on earth you like because um if you go on Excel or even Stata or whatever, if it's a timestamp, it like automatically you put it as a time variable and right. Stata and Excel have internal numeric timestamps, but his data was alphanumeric. It was a, a string of characters rather than rather than a number. So and that was how we started it. How did he well, get you know, sometimes sometimes working with data is tricky. Uh, when I got the, the data from the electoral authorities, I actually struggled with the timestamps myself to make sure that they got in correctly. And I can see how if you're not careful that a mistake could be made. And I suspect that's what happened is that he was not careful importing the data from the authorities and got the result he was looking for and didn't question it. That's, that's a what kind I think explanation. <laughs> that is, I think that is a very kind explanation, yes. That's it. Okay. By now, we're sure you've heard the good news that MAS electorally beat the fascists in Bolivia and seen Fernando Camacho crying. Keep those fascist tears flowing by going to historically.substack.com and subscribing to our newsletter and podcast. But, um, so, once you sorted it by time, it's no longer, that grass is no longer that extreme, right? That's correct. And again, I don't care if it turned out that there was, you know, this big change in the last 5%, as long as it's something that's, that they can be explained by the underlying data. It's just, if, the, if it's a mysterious change, then that's something to be concerned about. But there isn't even a change. <laughs> Yes. Like once you sort it correctly, it's like, well, all right. Yeah, sure, the last 5% was high, but it wasn't really any higher than the previous 5%. It was just that Morales was doing very well at the end. But yeah. because he's got everything out of order, like it happened that, you know, that his analysis showed that the last 5% was weird. Exactly. Um, I'm looking at a graph of everything, and it looks like every there's no they, they don't have that jump in the once you sort it by uh, once you sort the time as a time variable <laughs> <laughs> right once you actually analyze the election chronologically it uh yeah things look very different than if you don't so basically um yeah yeah so basically it was not even um Not only was the premise of the analysis wrong, it wasn't even done correctly. Okay, so um, there well, if, so if they had done it correctly, they would they wouldn't even have had a OAS report because everything was right. <laughs> if if the analysis well, right? I mean, they chose to do an analysis that doesn't tell us anything. Yes. Okay. So, um, good job on finding this out. But this looks like, um, so then we know that the coup was absolutely a coup. Well, right. There's still, there is to this date no reliable evidence that there was, that the election results are in question. That, that every indication is based on all data analysis is that uh, Morales legitimately got his 10 percentage point victory in the first round and that should have been the end of the story. There are other concerns about the election. There were certainly irregularities. Irregularities happen in elections. But the OAS in their audit specifically looked for irregularities where Avo did well and then said, oh, well, if we see, you know, if we, if we take out all these tally sheets where, where Avo did well, then he didn't win the election. Well, 
okay, there's irregularities everywhere and you throw out a bunch of able votes, then yeah, maybe he didn't do as well as, <laughs> as thought, but that's not the way that works. If you're going to do an audit of the election, then you audit the election. You try to find out for these irregularities, benign mistakes, or they deliberate mistakes, were any tally sheets actually changed? There's, they present no evidence that any tally sheet has ever been altered in the election. All the results appear to hold. And so, um, and to me, this explains, like, it shows us that often election results doesn't matter. If the media reports something, uh, you get a coup, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, I mean, Morales did step down. Uh, you know, he was presented with, with that analysis and decided that for the sake of peace in his country and probably for, you know, his supporters and his family that this is, was just uh, something he was going to have to give up. And so as a result, we have a, a fascist, uh, religious, fanatic... Uh, tweeted about killing satanic Indians. Yes, exactly. No, those tweets were, were soon deleted, but uh, they We've can't pretend they don't exist. But yes, they've been archived. We know that these, these, these exist. This is not, it was not a one-off event either. Nope. You know um, exactly how she feels about the, about the indigenous peoples. Well, what I do know is that the day um, Evo Morales uh, had to flee, um, this complete fascist, Fernando Camacho, um, we, we've covered what the UJ, Union Juvenil Cruz Nesta, um, I'm, I'm going to put it in the, I'm going to put that article in the link below. Um, complete fascist just came in, he ripped up the Wipala and then put in the Bible and said, Pachamama is never going to return. Bolivia belongs to Christ, which is like clearly racist, I don't know, every bad thing you can think of, like, because he was disrespecting the indigenous religions and saying that Bolivia belongs to Christ, but doesn't, it belongs to the people, right? Right. No, it's, it's really horrifying, like, what, what a switch it's been. And uh... Yeah, and um, Janine Anya's, um, yeah, she is a horrifying person, and suddenly um, all these alleged people who are concerned about the Amazon rainforest are, like, hugging her and taking pictures with her, and their concern has disappeared. And so... Um, <laughs> well, but has it now? Like, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, she's... Well, first of all, a lot of the things that uh, that the rural folks were upset with Avo for are all coming under coming to fruition under Anya's. It's a hundred times worse, and she's like even asked for IMF loans to come and um, and enact structural adjustments, and yeah. So um, all of this could have okay. So my thing is, why the bleep have the quick count? No one should have a quick count, and everyone should wait till the official results. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I I'm still pro quick count. It's useful, it's useful to have that information. I just think that there needs to be more context provided to the numbers at the time. Like if you're going to provide partial results, explain that they're partial results and do a little bit of analysis. It didn't take that much. I guess Jake put this together like in a short period of time, suggesting like, well, it kind of it looks like you know, these, these late votes are going to break for Morales. So, you know, don't, don't get too excited about the exact results, but we know it's going to be close, you know, and, and you can say like historically the late break, the late votes have broken, you know, one way or another. And so that we shall have a little patience or providing this information as a service. We, you know, that, that things aren't completely wacky. It's not like Morales is going to get crushed. It's not like he's going to, it's not like he's going to run away with 70% of the vote, like, you know, as he had in the past. Like, so we know it's going to be close. That's fine. So we've got the preliminary results. I think that's, I think that's perfectly legitimate. Okay. Um, one more thing. Um, let's say that um, if the OAS was actually caring about election integrity equal in all of the Americas, would you think, like, let's compare, I don't know, the Democratic primaries versus Bolivia's election. Like, 
Bolivia's election seems to be a lot more legitimate than anything we've had in our uh, At last least year. we had data. Uh, I mean, the Iowa caucuses were a complete, <laughs> a complete and utter nightmare. And the fact that they were even, even as much of a nightmare this last, this was just, was it this year? It's been such a long year. <laughs> Yes, where they actually <laughs> had an app that did not work. And right. But the fact that, that we even had that much information is only because of the mess four years before when we knew that there when they, we knew that the Iowa caucuses were a mess and did not have any information. We just knew that they, they were a mess. And, um, and so a little bit of transparency was brought. It was like, oh, this really is a complete mess. And there probably has never been, I'm sure there has never been like a complete, uh, 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 an honest and transparent like Iowa caucus probably ever. Okay. Yeah. I've always thought that there was never a legitimate Iowa caucus um, because it looks like they're completely inequipped to even do simple things like type up the sheets and transmit it over to a website. Um, Exactly. So, which. Wait, so irregularities happen. Like, it happens, but the more transparency you have as to what's going on, then the more confidence you can have is like, okay, so mistakes were made. We try to fix them as best we can and get the most accurate picture of what the voters, you know, have decided. And I think we've largely done that with Bolivia. I think they've been analyzed to death. I think it's clear. Has it been done in the United States? Almost never. And each servers, were, servers were wiped in Georgia. Whoa, I forgot. I actually was not clear in what happened in Georgia, but do you know what happened? Well, I mean, there, were, there was suspicion regarding the elections there. There have been, like, uh, for a couple of elections now. And uh, the, there was even, uh, you know, the, the, the servers were, were insecure. They, uh, there were requests for, uh, there, there was even a subpoena to, um, to retain the, uh, the the server images so that they could be reviewed, and the Secretary of State, who's now the governor, was, oh, wait, wait, so he was certifying his own election? I believe he was certifying his own election at the time, yes. And uh, but the uh, the subpoena came down to preserve, you know, the computer contents, and he ordered them all erased. Like, how is that, that is on a scale, like, so far beyond anything that's even alleged in Bolivia. Okay, so, um... And I don't want to, I'm not a big fan of whataboutism, but let's just be clear it's about... It's not whataboutism. This is exploring whether the OAS is a neutral body or not. Right. Whether this is not, it is clear that this is not a, 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 an objective look at the election. That much is clear. The statistical analysis is faulty. The, 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 the examination of the irregularities is all performed through the lens of this supposed uh, inexplicable change in trend it all seems designed to justify that initial statement they made on the 21st of October. Aha. Okay. And um, so what is the, uh, well, one thing I think Americans should, should do is just not trust anything, uh, any media, any American media says about any place abroad <laughs> because um uh, I, well i mean or at least like have a uh some sort of like base level skeptical eye uh, yes yes we can't, say, we can't say trust nothing because no, then no, I'm, I, no, I say don't trust initially investigate yourself uh, right right i i think that we have to be careful about uh about okay, we we always have to be careful about what we read. I, I mean, you know, there's an element of truth to a Margaret's complaint about the New York Times. Do I trust you know a lot of what the New York Times has to say about uh, about Latin America? No, I don't. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, um, like a lot of the foreign policy. Oh, and also be careful 
of the opinion pieces versus the actual news pieces that they don't actually make clear these days anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, and in the meantime, like hundreds of indigenous people have been shot, killed. Um, people have been disappeared. Um, one of, um, uh, 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 there have been arrests. Uh, a lot of people have been suffering because of this. Sure, that's I I I can't argue with that. Okay. Um, do you have any closing remarks? And I'm so sorry I took you over so long. It's just that there's it, there was too many it, because we're on audio. We kind of have to, when we're explaining numerical stuff, we kind of have to go slowly. And I'm sorry if I, I took you over by 40 minutes. I hope that's okay. No, I, I think it's okay. My wife is just on her phone. like. Okay, now just tell me, do you have any parting thoughts? Where do people find you? Oh, well, you can find me at, on Twitter at uh, Visid Conrad. You can find uh, <laughs> you can find uh, all of our work at uh, CEPR.net. We have lots of analysis of the bill, on the Bolivian election. We've responded to uh, the OAS on, and, and trying to explain their analyses. We've tried to we have uh, we have debunked their report. We have addressed a number of other researchers who have tried to support the OAS and explain why their analyses also fail. There we have a lot of information on Bolivia. We have a lot of information on Latin America generally. We also have a whole domestic side doing all kinds of interesting stuff. So check us out at CEPR.net. Yeah, um, and I've actually love, um, I personally love uh, your analysis a lot. And we've, we've definitely printed some and would be uh, careful to uh, print more. Um, but yes, um, so one last comment. Um, don't make the same assumptions about other countries as here in the U.S. Like, for example, um, right now, the Belarus election, and people might wonder, how on earth is that weirdo getting 80%? Well, the opposition praised Hitler, so um, that kind of... <laughs> that kind of thing upsets certain people, yes. Yes, and that ends up, like, hurting their vote. And so um, if somebody wins by 80%, it could be because the opposition super sucks really badly, like the Belarusian opposition, like in their platform, they literally say something like there are too many ambulances in Belarus and we need to privatize it. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can still be a democratic country and have elections be pretty one-sided depending on how bad the opposition or how horrible they are, right? Well, we've certainly seen the opposition, uh, you know, boycott elections in Venezuela, and the results did not go terribly well for them. Obviously, you, if you boycott elections. <laughs> you don't participate, then, <laughs> then the folks that do participate tend to do a little bit better. So wait, why, like, I don't understand the, do you have an explanation, yeah. or I don't even try? Yeah, I, I well, I, I don't know if we really want to get into it, but. Oh, if it's a quick five-minute explanation, go for it. I, I mean, they're going to lose. Like, the, the people, you know, I, I mean, the, the, the Chavista, you know, Maduro uh, regime has been, you know, relatively popular. They've, they've delivered a lot for the, the country, I, despite uh, an intense amount of sabotage, especially in recent years. Oh, God, It's yes. not surprising that uh, a bunch of outright, you know, Fascists, you know, like, you know, might not be quite as popular. People don't want to go back to that, <laughs> you know. So they make it very easy to, to, uh, to accept, uh, you know, a government that is not everything that they want it to be. Because it's like, well, if the alternative is, you know, this flawed government that, that has issues, Versus, you know, an outright fascist that's going to make me poor if I can even survive. Or, uh, I, I mean, like, uh, by, by outright fascist, just so we know, in, in Santa Cruz, Bolivia, like, was the sanctuary for um, Klaus Barbie, who is known as, like, I forgot, the Butcher of Leon, who basically operated some, like, all these concentration camps. Um, uh, they also were a sanctuary for all these Croatian Ustazis. So 
we mean by, by, by fascist, we mean the original kind. <laughs> yes, the original kind. I mean, the, the, isn't it the Santa Cruz Civic Committee, like, either, or is it, is it them specifically? I can't remember. Yes, it is them. But That's the their, one with Franco, their... Marin, Franco Marinkovic. Right, but like, but some of these organizations, they have like they, even their uh, their emblems are you know directly referencing. Oh, that's the movements. no, no, that's the Union Juvenil Cruzanista. Oh, You're I'm sorry. The yes, yes. Fascist cross. Yes. Yes, that is Union Juvenil Cruzanista. I, I apologize. No, it's not your fault. Um, <laughs> there are too many civic committees, all funded by. But the point is, if you don't participate in the elections, then you definitely lose. And if you're an outright complete fascist um, who's really scary to most of the people, you're probably going to lose by a large margin. I mean, this would happen in America, too, if the Democratic Party were moderately competent. (laughs) I think that's probably true. Or I don't know if it's incompetence or malice or I don't know. But yeah, in other countries... The left party is moderately competent, and sometimes you have outright fascist parties, kind of like what we do. So they're going to lose. And um, in America, somehow they seem to think that if it's like not like 50, 50, if it's not like 55, 45 or something, they seem to assume that like large margins are indicative of fraud, which is not necessarily true. Also, small margins may not also be indicative of fraud. It really depends on what the data is and how it comes from, right? Right. Okay. Any last comments, I guess, or lectures? Oh, I don't think so. Don't trust the OAS. Yes. Like, if there's anything, that's the most important thing to come out of this last revelation here about the, about the timestamp issue. If they can't be trusted to sort their timestamps numerically, if they can't sort them chronologically. Yes. Look, if that's, it's, you know, here, here's something that's happened. Like since this has been revealed, I've noticed two types of researchers in in on social media. There are the type of researcher who says, "Oh my goodness, this is my nightmare." I I literally I, I'm awake at night wondering if I'd made some silly mistake like this in my data and everything is messed up. Oh my god, this is horrible. And those are the people that I appreciate. The other people who just rush to his defense, like the head of the electoral offices in the OAS, uh, Gerardo de Casa, like immediately praise New Rodden as one of the best electoral statisticians in the world. You know, this is, this is not good. If you, when you make a mistake like that, mistakes like that will happen. They, they, it's just a part of working with data. But when people are questioning how you got your results for months and months on end and pleading with you and begging with you, what data are you using? What methods are you using? How did you get these results? Take the time to look at what you've done. How has he not, how did this data come out and he still did not apparently realize that he had made a mistake? It shouldn't take this long. And if it's that sloppy, you can't trust the OAS on this. The whole analysis is up for debate. We need to take a serious look at everything the OAS has done in Bolivia. And in every other country. <laughs> and in every other country. I mean, this is not the first time that the OAS has had this problem. They did something weird in Haiti. and um, in, in Haiti, they did some extremely shady, uh, yeah, extremely shady analysis that, that justify removing the, the candidate that was in second place and put the third place candidate that they favored in a runoff election with the, with the leader. It's completely insane. The analysis they did is complete garbage, and it was clearly designed to get the result they wanted. This is not the first time that the OAS has put out lousy analysis in support of a candidate that they like. Well, yeah, or that is in the interest of capital. <laughs> um, anyways, um, thank you so much. Um, and I really appreciate you coming on to kind of clarify everything because... This, like, 
Yeah, um, I've written quite a few articles about how things were before Evo Morales and the privatizing of the water and stuff like that. So um, one last rant. Um, so, yeah, the, the reason why Evo Morales became president in the first place is a lot of it has to do with the Cochabamba water crisis where they privatized the water and made it too expensive for everyone to drink water. And so um, the consequences can be horrific. Like, do you and oh. Also in America, often the the dichotomy you're given is freedom versus dictatorship, and usually that the, the dichotomy is more like, do you want your water on fire or do you want it drinkable? <laughs> See what I mean? Ask the people of Flint. Exactly. Well, that's often what a Bolivian would be thinking about the election is more basic than freedom or whatever it's like clean water or no water well i kind of need water you see what i mean yep okay anyways thank you so much for coming and have a great rest of the day thanks for having me is done by Rectech. You can find him on SoundCloud and on Spotify. W-R-E-C-K-T-E-C-H. And thank you for listening to our show. <laughs>